Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cosy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And Robin Robbo. Streaming across the globe. Ben Norris, Rob McKnight, and David Robinson. Ben Robin Robbo. Welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Here's Rob McKnight. Ah, welcome to Tipsy Tuesday on this uh, Chipsy Thursday. <laughs> I'm, I'm already oh lost. God. What can I say? It's time for a good drink, good conversation, and good uh, friends as we bring in David Robinson and Benjamin Norris. Hello, boys. Hi. Hello there. I have to say, Robbo, I think I need a drink today. Robbie's been in a little bit of a mood, hasn't he? Well, it's a wonderful thing. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's a wonderful thing. It's almost like when you you're watching a nature documentary and there's a lion approaching a <laughs> antelope, and the antelope is provoking the lion, <laughs> and then the lion goes for the antelope. Am lion I the lion, and, and you're the antelope story? here? Yeah, you are Mufasa. You are Mufasa. Because, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Robbo. I've been I've been oh, in I've a been... mood today. I don't know what it is, so I'm sure I'll be even-headed, as even-level, even-keeled as we go on today, Ben. Nothing to worry about. You two are so weird. I, I'm so scared for today's episode. I don't know what's going on. But uh, <laughs> antelope? Mufasa? Okay. All righty. Yeah. We should prepare. No, they're, they're, they're decent references. I, I appreciated that. Uh, if we can cross, I think your cross... voice matches James L. Jones. <laughs> everything, no, yes. everything the I... light touches is yours. I'm glad you did that because mine would be more like everything the light touches is your kingdom. Yeah, just to clarify <laughs> that for the Rob. two of you, just to clarify that uh, Robo, very good Mufasa, and uh, Rob, everything McKnight, the light touches is our kingdom or your kingdom. Is, oh, is your kingdom? <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, can we cross live really quickly to Amanda McKnight, who can tell us if she, if there has been some moods in the uh, McKnight Mansion today? Have there? Saying nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Saying nothing. nothing. What a perfect response. Yeah. Oh, She's very her. funny, we that woman. Her. All right. There is lot to, lots to discuss today. Um, uh, Mrs. Robinson is coming back to the show and I can't wait to see her again. Uh, we feel like we need a good dose of Mrs. Robinson to end the week with a laugh. And Joe Casamento will be here 
because there's actually yes. some really big developments on the movie front and how we will consume movies going forward. Seriously, this is worth oh. watching for. But first of all, let's get into some news and we'll bring you up to speed with what's happening on the COVID-19 front. And as we face tougher restrictions, there is some good news on the COVID-19 front today with the decline of new cases. Queensland has recorded no new cases for the past 24 hours, but the border lockdown will start at 1am on Saturday. There were 12 new cases in New South Wales. All returning travellers entering New South Wales from Victoria will be required to enter a compulsory 14-day hotel quarantine. Travellers will not be allowed to cross the border by car and must travel through Sydney Airport to gain access to the state. In Victoria, there have been 471 new cases and eight more deaths in the past 24 hours. Okay, let's get into our hot button issues. And during a global pandemic, when the nation is in crisis, honesty should be the best policy from our leaders, right? Well, it seems that may not be happening. Victorian Health Minister Jenny Mikolos has continued to refuse to answer questions over the disastrous hotel quarantine blunder in Victoria. This is despite the chair of the investigation announcing the leaders, including Premier Daniel Andrews, have permission to reveal the truth to Victorians. Ben, is this relevant information for us to know at this stage or should we trust that our leaders are doing the right thing? I think that we need to trust that our leaders are doing the right thing. I think as soon as we go down that path of sort of second guessing anything, I think we're opening up, uh, you know, ourselves into a danger zone. Uh, I, I think that the information that we're getting from some of our leaders probably isn't as clear enough as it should be. So maybe there might be a bit of an issue with that. But uh, yeah, that's certainly how I feel about it today. Look, just 20 minutes ago, Dan Andrews was asked about this issue at his daily press conference. This is uh, breaking information. Let's have a listen to how he reacted and what he had to say. If I were to uh, conduct an inquiry uh, and then uh, pre present my findings, I think you would rightly be critical that that should have been an independent well, process. No, it is, it is not clear the lines of authority and accountability and exactly what has gone on here. It is not clear. That is why, uh, despite some of the commentary, I just want to be clear with you. I set the inquiry up, so I'm fairly well placed to tell you why I did it. I don't have answers that I am satisfied with. There are questions that cannot be answered and the appropriate thing is to get those answers. And then, regardless of what those answers are, I will be accountable for those answers and for the, any errors, any mistakes that were made. That's the job that I have. If I could answer all of those questions, and many more that I'm sure you would like to put to me, then I would, and we wouldn't need to have a judicial inquiry. Look, Robbo, it's an interesting right. response, and I'm about, in a moment, I want to talk about how people are challenging the government, but I actually don't have a problem in questions being asked when there have been big issues like this. There, oh, yeah. there isn't a problem oh, yeah, with yeah. Be, wanting answers, is there? No, absolutely not. And, and that's, that's the most important thing about government in Australia. We're in a democracy. Uh, governments need to be held accountable. And the way to do that is through the media and also through the opposition. So we spoke a little while ago about, you know, the fact that Scott Morrison is not going to open up federal parliament. They, they need to be held accountable. That Government needs to be transparent. Now, there is no question here that there was a massive stuff up with that hotel quarantine. Uh, and they need to start answering questions. And this is what it really... You know, Dan Andrews has proven himself in the past to be quite an upfront leader, gets a job done, you know, says he'll do something, then he'll do it. This is where we need him to go exactly that right now, because what it sounds like for me is that 
Okay, so you've been given permission to talk about it. We're, we're still working on our little points. We're still working on how we're going to word it mm. and how we're going to phrase it. That's not good leadership, uh, and especially when Victorians, like never before, are being put under such stress. Um, there needs to be more questions. This idea of saying, oh, well, yeah, I set up an inquiry, but no, not good enough. Look, uh, it's interesting. This is just one part of the puzzle because last night Nine News revealed that Victoria scaled back its COVID-19 tracing team despite denial from Dana Andrews and Jenny Mikolos. Let's take a look. Nine News has confirmed when cases spiked there was a reliance on businesses like abattoirs to do their own tracing. Many calls to close contacts weren't made. Under-resourced and with the community transmission then rampant, the tracing system couldn't cope. The Premier denies he scaled it back. No, that team is a very big team and it's grown pretty steadily uh, as cases have grown. On June 24, Victoria accepted 1,000 personnel but cut that back to 250 within hours. And unlike New South Wales, they weren't used to make the crucial calls. We have been standing up additional uh, ongoing resources of our own here in Victoria. Uh, see, Robbo, this is the problem when you feel like that you're being lied to. And, and that's what it feels like, right? Like, at the height, well, not the height, but, you know, leading up to what Victoria is dealing with now, to cut the staff by more than three-quarter is is phenomenal. Like, and, and, and he's lied about it. He goes, it's a very big team. Well, I would suggest 1,000 people is a good team. 250 is not, especially when you had access to 1,000 people before. And also, that revelation that they weren't doing phone calls, that it wasn't... So I think everyone's blaming the hotel, but I think there are many more layers that we're starting to see. And perhaps that's why Dan Andrews and his government aren't too keen on actually answering questions right now because we're going to see a lot more of these layers that led to this stuff up. Ben, it's a tough call. We're all kept in hindsight here. You know, the rates were coming down, restrictions were easing. They may have thought this wasn't a necessity because we know we're facing a budget blowout. You know, like, the money has to come from somewhere. I can actually see how this decision was made... But the problem is sometimes not the decision, it's the cover-up. Mm. Yeah, I think that you might be right. But I think what's also happening is that there was a huge issue with everyone jumping on the bandwagon of blaming Daniel Andrews. And I think that everyone was very similarly looking for one thing to blame. Now, I think there's so many different issues that is going on. And the government is obviously, especially the Victorian government, is obviously in a state of duress. And they're just trying to get on top of all of this. It's very difficult, though, when everyone else is second-guessing every move that they're making. Uh, indeed. Look, uh, before we move on, there's something I need to get off my chest. While it's absolutely fair to question our governments and their actions, just like we have literally just done here, there is absolutely no room for political games or self-interest during this pandemic. I am so over hearing opposition politicians and commentators name-calling premiers and criticising important decisions that have to be made. Today, the owner of Jim's Mowing was at it again, having a go at Dan Andrews because he doesn't like the hardline stance taken against non-essential work. Here he is on Sunrise talking to David Koch. He's ruling by as a tyrant. He's basically just oh. sending out arbitrary statements which completely contradict his own his own department.
Look, we get it, Jim. You think those laws don't apply to you, but guess what? They do. I have no issue with you arguing your case, but when you start using terms like tyrant, you have lost the argument. It's time for you to pack up your bat and ball and go home. We are just so tired of your whinging, because guess what? A lot of people are doing it tough. You only seem interested in profits, not saving lives. We even have a situation where politicians have been accused of closing borders for political purposes. Have a look at this report from Nine News Queensland last night. The Premier believes she has right and the public on side, bristling at suggestions it's more about the state election on October 31. There are people dying. This is a life and death situation here. We cannot put Queenslanders at risk. My job is to protect Queenslanders' health and to protect our economy. What a weird situation. These measures are putting financial pressure on a lot of people, so how on earth is there a political gain? I mean, seriously. And of course, we have the usual suspects who only care about their own political influence and getting a headline. Steve Price actually accused Dan Andrews of being responsible for the deaths of these people that are dying in Victoria. What a mean-spirited thing to say, no matter what your politics. And then we have our favourite, a favourite of ours, and if by favourite you mean the sweet taste of eating poison nails, Tim Smith. Smith has gone beyond the pale when it comes to personal attacks against Andrews during the ongoing crisis. This was him earlier in the week on 2GB. Daniel Andrews has declared a disaster because it is a disaster caused by him and his ministers. I mean, let's just be frank. These ministers and Daniel Andrews have blood on their hands. They have so monumentally failed the people of Victoria. People are dying. People are dying because of their total and utter criminal negligence with regards to hotel quarantine and then their inability to perform basic uh, contact tracing over the last couple of weeks. Look, the only good thing to come out of that shocking statement is the fact he has all but ruined his chances of becoming the Premier of Victoria. In fact, former Senator Sam Dastyari told this very show Smith has blown it by going too far. Now, look, I get it's a difficult for hardliners to not take the opportunity to rubbish their opponents, but the simple fact is the public are sick of it. One of the biggest issues of this pandemic has been people not listening to the advice from our leaders. And that's because we, the people, have lost faith in politics. We are sceptical and don't trust the information we get is for the greater good. We've been trained now to look for the political spin. In some ways, our politicians only have themselves to blame for the way people are flouting and, and ignoring the rules. But I do implore everyone to listen to those in charge. Whatever side of politics is running your state, or our country. They won't get it right every time. Things are changing daily. And it's no good saying, well, last week I was allowed to do such and such and now you've changed the rules. Yes, the rules are changing. And it's our job as good citizens to stay informed and listen to instructions. At this time, we need to trust those in charge and stop with the BS attacks. If we don't band together, this will just keep going and going. Robbo, are you surprised at the level of nastiness in this political discourse during this time? But I've just got to clarify something with you there, Rob. Uh, we're talking about having them account accountable and, and questioned and things like that. So you're saying that in politics it should be a nice question or a nice accountability. No, I, I, I'm now, not saying I, that I, at I all. Just, I don't... I just don't understand. No, I, at the saying, very top you know, of that, at the very top of that, I said it is fair enough 
to question them on policy and their actions. As we've just seen with Dan Andrews, everything happening in that press conference was fair enough. But what I have just shown during that is these accusations that people are making. Anastasia Palaget is not closing the border for political gain. She's hurting the economy by closing the border. What is the political gain? You know, Dan Andrews is being called a tyrant and dictator Dan and being told by Steve Price and Tim Smith that he has blood on his hands for the deaths of these people. That's what I'm talking about has to stop. Well, I've got something that I think you'll love there, Robbie McKnight. Uh, uh, Someone has pointed out on Twitter that Tim Smith did an interview uh, with uh, Sky News and it very much appears to be in his office, not in his home, which means that he's flouting uh, the Victorian lockdown rules uh, and should really be uh, should really be charged. Oh, we'll have to look into that one. Yeah, because he's 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 clearly in an office. It's not in his home. Do, do you understand, like Robbo, though, where I'm coming? There is a fine line. Yes, Rob. Yes, Rob. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I Sorry, I just... Yes, I understand. Please, I was worried that we'd go... You've made your point. You've made your point well. Ben, ben what, just how you understand. What's your message to everyone listening to this? I think that we just all like to think that we're really smart when, in actual fact, we're not. And I think that we just need to follow what the government that's in power is telling us what to do. I think that's important. But, you know, also with politicians, I always feel like when something like this, like a big disaster like COVID-19 happens, it's like uh, when people get drunk. You know, it just accentuates all of the drama that's happening behind the scenes and it sort of accentuates bad behaviour. So I kind of feel like with politicians at the moment while COVID-19 is happening, it's like they're drunk. You know, like we're getting an an ultimate sort of more evil version of themselves that's a little bit careless, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's very hard for these hardliners to stop playing politics and they're Them playing politics, you know, I'm sorry to keep using Tim Smith as an example, but he's been very vocal. You know, in the earlier lockdowns Mm -hmm. in Victoria, he was saying, let us out, this is ridiculous. You know, like, is he now going to say that it was right to lock that down? You know, like, or he's finding some other ways to blame Dan Andrews, which obviously the um, hotel quarantine fiasco was a fiasco, but there's an inquiry going on. He's not locking down. Well, by the sounds of it, Robbo, this is is really interesting. If he did do that cross to Sky News from his office, at the moment it's not essential work because they're not holding holding parliament. So he shouldn't be in the office. So that's going to be... Anything that a politician can do, can do it from home. I I agree. Yes, but Uh, they may have an exemption. They may have an exemption, and this is a story we here at the Ben Robin Robbo Show will follow up on. But, uh, look, what we have to do... In order for us to trust the politicians, the politicians have to trust each other and play nice. And I reiterate, exactly. you can question when there have been mistakes, you can question that and demand answers. But this political score pointing is where voters stop listening. And, you know, they do start thinking, they believe when people are saying, when oppositions are saying you're just doing a political gain, I will lie on my declaration form because there's not really an issue, you know, like it's all just political. But, yes, that's the problem we yep. face. But, look, uh, let's move on to other hot-button issues of the day and another day, another issue with the AFL. And, again, it's about behaviour off the field. It's been reported that the league is far from impressed with players and their families charging extra food for re- charging for extra food and renovations. At this stage, management of the AFL have not gone public with their frustrations, though. This is just what's being talked about behind the scenes. Um, ben, it's a bit of a definition of taking the piss, isn't it? 
Yeah, I guess so. I mean, when you're talking about taking the piss, this is uh, this is me actually taking the piss. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Do you like the size of the beer today? I was about to say you do mix up your drinks. I look. This is the thing. This is uh, what all good uh, people that enjoy alcohol does. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, but. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I just wanted to say I missed out on this before, but uh, when Robbo was spilling the tea on Tim, I was sort of doing the drinking the tea, like, oh, that's none of my business. But you've got to make sure when you say something like that that you've got all your ducks lined up because, you know, if that's not the case, you'd be... No, but Robbo was Tim very... Smith coming after you. Robbo was very clear that this is what people are saying on Twitter, that it looks like he was from his office. And now the question is, do, do parliamentarians have an exemption? Um, and it is quite possible he has, but that would be well, something the, to find out. But something that I understand, Rob, is the exemptions do go to public servants, which essentially that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an exemption from there. As long as you can't do your job from home, you can do a Sky In this day and age, in 2020, in, in the COVID-19 world, you can do a Sky News cross from your home. You don't need to go into the office to do it. Yeah, but that's very true. But on the topic of the AFL... It is interesting. They they are having to move families. Don't they deserve a few perks, Robbo? Are you kidding? No, no. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? So some of them <laughs> uh, were earning hundreds of thousands of dollars, and now they've had that halved, but they still get to do it. So so there might have been someone on eight hundred thousand dollars, and now they're getting four hundred thousand dollars. Now, oh my goodness! Thoughts and bloody prayers to those poor people trying to live. On four hundred thousand dollars a year, I don't know how you're doing it. It's it's criminal. It's disgusting. Uh, get a load of you. Get like get a hold Rob, of yourself. Robbo, you the, the problem here wait, is wait. The the problem is here that they're also double dipping into the AFL. So yes, the AFL has moved them to keep them alive. If they didn't move them into hubs, then they wouldn't able to get that four hundred thousand dollars anyway. So there would be no money. So if these people are coming, go. Oh well, we need a couple of carpenters and we need some extra food. Piss off. The, your food is being paid for. Plus you're being paid four hundred thousand dollars. Plus you're being house plus you like an elite sports person shut the hell up go and walk around any city in australia go and walk to centrelink and see what people you know people have to line up for work they're not being paid it's so sad that you and your wag have to get by on 400 grand a year piss off robo you are forgetting that once upon a time i used to be your boss at a show called studio 10 Oh, yeah. And how much you love the travel allowance every time you went on a shoot and how often you would get I little old Robbie I, to buy your dinner on my card, on my corporate card, and still claim your travel grand. allowance. I was Other, not being paid 400 grand. <laughs> how so? So, there's, so there's a, it's no okay, shit. is it? They're just no, like you, pa- they're I using the system. There. No, I got paid shit there. Uh, so, yeah, you, you did all right. Me. Well, not as right as you. Uh, and I certainly wasn't on $400,000 a year. I stand by that. So I just think it's, it's outright. In this day and age, though, really, let's get back to this. In this day and age when there are millions of people out, out of work, yeah, they're still getting half of their pay, and most, most players, as we know, are on hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that whatever yeah, they were on originally, you live to your lifestyle. And it, you live no, to your lifestyle. Rob, no. You are you not a, you're not a brain surgeon. You're not a neuro. You know, you're not a heart surgeon. You're not curing cancer. You're playing football, and I know that that's important. I'm not taking away from the fact that sport is important in this country, but get a grip. Just you know, have a look at reality. If you're still getting a couple of hundred grand a year, um, you're not really playing. You've had to move away. Then those are the sacrifices you make. I think these are whingy little bitches. <laughs>
have you met Wags? Can I just say, have you met any real life Wags? Because this to me is something yes. that they would 100% complain about. Like, and I'm not to say that, you know, Wags don't have to, you know, cop a fair few bits and pieces in their direction, especially their face at night time. But look, I would say this just sounds like it's on brand for Wags to complain about. I mean, forget the fact that COVID-19 is happening. Let's give them a soapbox to talk about this small amount of money that they're not getting. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, and, I will and, say and the renovations are ridiculous. Interestingly, yeah. the AFL is... Uh, privately, we're being told, uh, you know, really angry and really upset and, uh, about all of this. They need to come out and they need to say it. Why? I don't know why there's such this... Well, they, no, because um, they're professionals know, dealing with it behind to, the scenes. That's, that's fair enough. I, know. I just think... It, 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 why are we so adverse to honesty and upfrontness now in this world? Because we're scared of like offending someone or doing something. No, no. Hey, we're still paying you, and you're not playing. We're still paying you thousands of hundreds of thousand dollars a year. Shut the hell up. You're getting free food. Shut the hell up. You can't have carpenters. Shut the hell up. Because there are some people who can't afford food. There are some people who uh, yes, you know and need that's... to fix their roof. Like piss off. This is this is entitlement All right. beyond All right. belief. All right. I'm about Sorry. to ring the bell. All right. The bell. Sorry. Oh, have, have, you okay. seen wearing, have you seen my T-shirt beer to go with my beer drink? Oh, because it's Tipsy Thursday. Yeah, like sorry. Well, very good. Sorry I didn't notice that, attention. Ben. I was focused okay. on the... Oh, hold on. Yeah, go on. Rob ranted issues. for about half an hour. Yes, but I had a, th I had a through line, Robbo, and I had a thought process. You're saying the same thing. <laughs> no, you, oh Jesus! Sorry, you, I, sorry. Oh my God! Oh sorry, my God! Sorry. You kept saying the same thing, and then we would comment, and then you go, "Well, just to reiterate, what I'm trying to say here <laughs> is that this is you did it." Amanda, cut to the next shot, please. <laughs> right now. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What I want to know is who wrote this oh, no. intro because happy endings are not normally associated with road rage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't think this story is going where we think it's going. <laughs> you never know. We take you on a journey. Oh, I'm a little bit uh, hot. <laughs> Are the wheels coming off on this episode or do we even have wheels? I've no, no, this idea. is my favourite episode of the week, I've got to tell oh. you. Um, oh, look, okay, you enjoy yourself. Happy endings are not normally associated with road rage, but we're happy to report that we found one. Tex Gottney, a mother of five from Brisbane, lost her cool when another driver stole a parking spot that she was indicating to go into. Afterwards, she felt bad and wrote this apology. I'm sorry, no excuses. I shouldn't have had a go at you. It was just the last straw on a very heavy load and I shouldn't have taken it out on someone else. I'm not normally so aggressive or cranky. It's been a very trying time. Please, a sweet treat or something as an apology from the lady who yelled at you. Scottney left the note with $5, but when she returned, she found a note written to her. And it was actually written by the woman 
who she yelled at. Thank you so much for your lovely note and $5. I appreciate that more than you know. Honestly didn't know you were there first. I'm sorry you are having a hard day. I hope you're feeling okay. It's a tough time for me also. Thanks again. Um, ben, this is actually nice, isn't it? Oh, I think it's beautiful. I mean, I'm a little bit lost as to who got the happy ending here. I'm assuming that there was an ending that was <laughs> yeah. happy. I think I the happy ending is that it all ended nicely. There wasn't an actual happy oh. ending. <laughs> I just kept waiting for someone to get jerked off, but then it was... Okay, so I gave like, Whoa! Oh. Ben, we all understood it. We, you know, like, we were there. It wasn't so much as a double entendre. It was single. You didn't need to... Oh, I spelt it out. I, I was just doing it for the people at home. Hey, if you have an issue with that uh, less than double entendre, this, you know, the comment section in the show is coming up. <laughs> we'll get the feedback <laughs> soon. Uh, look, we've all had bad days. Moving on. I'm just moving on. We've all had bad days, like we just saw there, but spare a thought for those people who've had their bad moments captured. There's The Mac by Candlelight. Here we've got a wonderful... Sorry. Uh, sorry, we need to move on to the next graph. Oh, there's The Mac by Candlelight. Ooh. Oh. Why wouldn't you notice that? Like, Well, it's what? behind the Mac. Like, black... Yeah, well... Oh, that's something I'd do. What? I've done stuff like that all the time. I've actually got a monitor over there that's got a big burn mark on it, and I'd had this monitor that cost me like $1,000. Finally got Ben to say yes to letting me buy this monitor, and I left one of my lamps pointing at it, and it burnt a hole through the side of the screen. Wow. Wow. I'm lucky to still be here. Yeah. Not because of the fire, but because of my partner. (laughs) (laughs) I know the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Here we oh, go. great. Everyone you know, everyone has a partner on this show. Good for you, everyone. Oh, you've got Abby. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess I do. Uh, here we've hey, got Abby. a wonderful hey. interpretation of the classic <laughs> Princess and the Frog. Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't, that appeals like to that? me. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, here we've got one. We've all been there. Uh, I think you can live with a you can live with a toilet roll in the dunny, can't you? Rather than a um, a, 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 like I'd rather that than an iPhone. Yeah, but we've yeah. all been there, and it's this crushing. Oh, so do you try to flush it down, or do you p- pull it out? You have to pick it up. You can't. What flush if you've that already down? done your business in there? Oh, fish you have to pick it up. You have to. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, I've been Man there. said I have to pick it up. It, obviously. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Amanda's like, have to Rob up. McKnight, get your hand in the dunny. <laughs> uh, think about the pain that's in this next pick. You're looking oh. forward to some nice eggs for breakfast with a little seasoning, oh. but then this happens. <laughs> that that would be painful because you've cooked them, you've you've made yourself get up there and crack the eggs and you've done it and you're looking... Absolutely. And finally, spare a thought for this person. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) Put the lid on. Oh, look, we're only going down the road. The open paint will be fine. (laughs) Not a problem. Speed bump. Yeah, she'll be right. (laughs) Wow. That would be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily our worst Mm. days aren't captured on camera. Oh, hang on. They are. Every day. Right sure are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
coming up, Joe Casamento, on some big breaking news on the new way we're all going to watch movies. This is huge news that hasn't really been reported from what I've seen. Uh, shockingly, I think this is a game changer. And we're about to meet Mrs Robinson again, who has divided the internet. In fact, I think Mrs Robinson... I think, Robbo, I think Mrs Robinson did your makeup today. Uh, you're looking... <laughs> It's almost like it's almost like you came straight from being with Mrs. Robinson to do the show. <laughs> well, when she gives you a kiss, you know how old women kiss you. She really gets in there, so she kind of rubs a lot of the makeup off on you. So that's you know I, I've got that, and now I've got a I, you know I've got incontinence now too because she's so hard. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mrs. Robinson coming up in just a few minutes' time, but first let's get the very latest news headlines. You are watching Ticker. I'm Aaron Young. Today's top stories. And the Andrews government has rejected pleas by business to delay the shutting down of the state's economy despite urgings from the federal government to sort out unintended consequences. The Premier here moving ahead with the lockdown. The move sees over 250,000 workers stood down. The numbers... From today, we are told to expect 471 new cases announced in Victoria, in New South Wales. What a difference. The number is just 12. The explosive chemical which caused yesterday's catastrophic blast in Lebanon been in storage for six years in spite of warnings from customs officials about its hazards. That's according to new documents. The explosion killed 135 people, up to 4,000 wounded. The country's PM says the storage of ammonium nitrate at the port was unacceptable and those responsible will be held accountable. Victoria's record number of cases that were announced yesterday puts the state on par with African nations. If Victoria was a country alone, it would actually be ranked 13th in the world for the greatest increase in COVID-19 cases when it comes to percentage terms. Virgin Australia says it aims to operate with 6,000 staff once travel returns to more normal levels. Comes as the airline reveals plans to make a third of its workforce redundant. About 3,000 jobs and overseas in the UK, the namesake Virgin Atlantic announcing that they have weeks to to live when it comes to running out of cash. Twitter says it's fixed some security issues impacting Android devices. The breach allows hacks, hackers to access private Twitter data, including messages. The weather map, the remainder of your Thursday. Melbourne, the sun's out just a bit. 13 degrees, pretty chilly. Sydney, 15 degrees in sunshine. Brisbane, 26 degrees. Perth, some cloud around and cloudy as well for Adelaide, a top of 12. The sun was out, as were the investors this morning, with the market on the way up and 0.76% as the market increased. Aussie investors looking for some clues as to what our government might do, taking the lead from the US, where President Donald Trump held a news conference earlier today talking about cutting payroll tax for the quarter and also trying to get more stimulus measures. It'll be up to the Congress and Mitch McConnell to decide what actually gets through or does not get through. But you're up to date. This is Ticker. I'm Aaron Young. Thank you, Aaron. We will see you again on Monday. Well, look, last night, The Bachelor in Paradise, Brittany graced our screens for hopefully not the last time after she left on good terms with Jackson. But you know what? The person who we need to um, see about this is the wonderful and delightful Mrs Robinson. So, Mrs Robinson, it's over to you. Thank you, Robert. Well, last night on The Bachelor in Paradise, we said goodbye, hopefully not for the last time, to Brittany because she didn't get a commitment rose. And... Now that I think about it, it's been a while since my rose was being committed to, but uh, that's for another day, let me tell you that. Brittany, my darling, welcome to the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Thank you. Hello. How are you? 
Oh, look, I'm very well. I, I think I'm going through the second wave of menopause at the moment because it's very hot up here in Queensland. Uh, but welcome to my grandson's podcast, television show, radio, internet uh, thing show. I, we, we love. I, I don't know what it means. Uh, look, let's let's take a look now at some of your <laughs> finest moments. Yeah, bye. Brittany's here. I'm Brittany. If you can't tell from the loud, annoying voice, it's the Brittany off. Oh, Brittany Spears, one more time. Two more times since we got the same name. Let's be real. Two more times. Ooh. Let me mark down. I'm getting tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> You're a veteran. Ooh. Just breaking all my bones on this hard Please floor. Please don't break it. Please, this is hard. <laughs> yes, please. I'll take one dance <laughs> or two <laughs> or three in this situation. And I've got to get back on that bike. <laughs> oh, found Jamie. Put the pedal down. <laughs> I need a prickle. <laughs> what is a prickle? Get pricked by something hard. <laughs> hey, Brittany, you want to buy my salad? Oh, no thanks. You don't make friends with salad. <laughs> oh, Brittany, you remind me of myself when I was younger. I looked the same as you, of course, and uh, I certainly had the taste for what you've got the taste for. But before we start, do, do I tell you, uh, do I call you Brittany, Brit, Litney? What do I call you, my darling? Litney, let's go with that. Let's have some fun. Litney, woo! Oh my goodness, I haven't had this much fun since uh, my husband went away to the war, but that's another story as well. Now, darling, I've got to tell the ladies back at the club a little bit of gossip. Did you and Jackson reconnect? And when I say reconnect, I mean, you know, the little bit of special cuddles and whatnot. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no special cuddles, but we did see each other in Sydney. I um, met his family and his friends, so that was good. Oh, look well, there. Yeah, now he's a really oh. great guy, unfortunately. You know, it didn't work out. Now, <laughs> now, darling, did you do all of your own stunts? Because I saw a bit of stunt work there. Is that always you? Is that the Obviously, real you? That's what I'm asking, actually. <laughs> yeah, Brittany, is, is everything there the real you, my sweetheart? Oh, there. That's toned down a little bit, but 100% me. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Uh, now, this is your third time going back into paradise. What kept you going back? Were you... Were you that hungry to uh, to uh, uh, make friends? Not with salad, but yeah, I'm a big friends. carnivore, so I loved a bit of meat. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh, darling, you're speaking my language. You really, really are. But oh. yes, why did you go back for the third time? <laughs> obviously, you know, with a chance at love, I thought, why not? Third time's a charm. Obviously, not in my case, but <laughs> wishful thinking. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, darling, we've got to talk about Jamie, my darling. Uh, I was not happy with the way he was treating you like second best there, and, and, and you just, you know, wanted to be with him for as long as you did. Nothing to be ashamed of, my darling. I think Jamie's an absolute bloody idiot. <laughs> oh, he is for not wanting me, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. That's right. But tell me more about Jamie, though, because he's... Uh, We've got to be careful because Jamie's a bit sensitive, isn't he? But uh, uh, we've got to be careful with him. <laughs> what was he like? Yes, with Jamie, Jamie's actually a really nice guy. He's just a little bit misunderstood. Maybe it comes with age, maybe it doesn't. I don't know where we're standing. Yeah, don't worry, darling. He can't sue you two and he can't sue us. Uh, come <laughs> after me. I don't, I've only got a pension. That's right. Yeah, I've only got a pension, so don't worry about it. Now, and of course, Jackson entered the scene, and we all got hopes up for you until that... Uh, look, I'm going to say it, my sweetheart, because I love you. That bitch Cassandra came along uh, to take your man. Can you trust anyone out there? I mean, can you? 
Oh, look, um, I wasn't surprised that she came after him. And if he wanted her, I would have been happy. But, you know, in the end, the best... Um, <laughs> oh, darling, I wish. I mean, I, I can't flick my hair on the top of my head, but let me tell you, I can certainly do the hair flick on other parts of my body. Uh, so let's move on quickly from that. Uh, uh, we all know that you like a drink, my kind of woman. What's your poison of choice, my sweetheart? Oh, champagne, let's be real, the bubbles go woo! <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I that juice for breakfast. <laughs> Now, darling, we, we, we do a bit of a, a Friday morning bingo uh, up here on the Sunshine Coast. Can we get you up there? Because I think you'd be a real hoot. Oh, absolutely. I'm legs 11, so, you know, I can call them out. <laughs> and I've got to say now I'm two fat ladies, 88. But uh, I love that you knew that little bingo term. What's next for you, sweetheart? Yeah, I'm, I'm all there. I'm 100 Tell me when and where. Good, but what's 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 in the future for 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 Litany? At the moment, I have nothing coming up. But if you know you need me, I'm free on the weekend, so I work full time. Alrighty. Well, I think I I'm picking up what you're putting down there. Sorry, I, I don't know if what you're saying is just getting me excited. Or again, it's the menopause. But darling, you were wonderful on our screens. I'm so glad that you came back for the show, and and we can't wait to see what you do next, Litney. I'll see you at Bingo. Thank you. See you later. Have a good day. Bye-bye, darling. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful woman she was, Roberts, and just a, an absolute gem. She reminds me, I, as I said, I used to look like her when I was younger. I still kind of do, I think, if you get me in a two-piece. Uh, and that's a little bit of an invitation there for you, Rob and Ben. But uh, back to you, Robert. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Robbins. <laughs> Always love Mrs. Robinson. She divides the internet, but uh, we love her. And we'll get to your feedback in just a moment. But first, it's time for our random live shot of the day. It's the random live shot of the day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the random live shot of the day. And today we're taking you to Port Royal, Sidmouth in the UK. Scattered showers with a low of 14 degrees and a high of 20 degrees. All very quiet there uh, as the dawn gets ready to break in the UK. I wonder what time it's there now, but uh, the sun's about to come up. Sorry, Robert. Oh, the poetry. The poetry. (laughs) The dawn is about to break. I loved that. (laughs) Very nice. Sorry. Uh, thank you, my friend. Uh, let's get yeah. to the feedback coming through to the Ben Robin Robbo show. When there's grog, you know you're in for a good show, lol. It has been a good show. I've really enjoyed today's show. Uh, Janelle, yeah. how you going, Ben? Hope you're getting through the quarantine down there in Melbourne. Thinking of you down, thinking of you all down there in Victoria. You doing all right, Benny boy? Lovely. Fabulous. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, got a bag of whiskey, I mean, CCs and some beer. I'm all good. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, Cameron says, why not just shut down all of Australia like we did back in March? All of these uh, V state rules is now very confusing. Uh, Mary says, we should encourage more questions, Rob. And Mary, I agree with you. I, there is nothing wrong with questioning our politicians. The point is that the sniping at politicians, the political point scoring is not what we need right now. And it doesn't ev- invoke faith in what they're saying. So that's my issue. Um, But yes, when there are questions to be asked, I absolutely think we should ask them. Chris says, well said Rob. Gavin says, what about the blood on New South Wales Premier hands for for letting the death vote in and spread the virus everywhere? No, this is my point. You You can't be blaming the 
premiers for the deaths. They put, they make decisions, they let other people run it, and yes, while they need to be held to account, to actually personally be blaming the deaths on these people is beyond the pale to me. I, I think it's just horrible. Uh, Danny, who uh, was our guest panellist the other day, says Robbo's on fire today. Terry says, Robbo, I will have to bring my makeup kit with me next visit. You're looking a little, little overcoloured. Uh, Tardis, <laughs> Tardis, it was a very That's quick true, change. Terry. Uh, oh, not, uh, you know. Oh, I've just, I've yeah. just had a fall. Tardis said, um, why is Mrs. Robinson? I've, I've lost my. Uh, we, we've had a bit of a problem there. Something's uh, disappeared. But thank you for all your feedback. Um, I didn't get to all the bits about Mrs. Robinson because, uh, Robbo, your grandmother is dividing people. Well, and, and, and a few people have divided her, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, so she's a very <laughs> saucy minx and uh, she loves to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I asked you that question. Honey. Me too. Okay. Yeah, yeah we need a drink after that. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to talk movies and pop culture with our dear friend, Joe Casamento. Uh, hello, Joe. Nice to see you again. Good Save afternoon, us. peeps. Look, Joe, I know Why you are probably... Like uh, good to have you drinking up on Tipsy Thursday. I know you are probably one of the few people who were at the cinema last night, but theatre owners have been dealt another blow. That's right, Rob. There has been so much hope pinned on two big movies. Uh, Disney has all its hopes pinned on Mulan and uh, Warner Brothers has its hopes pinned on Tenant. And the news came yesterday, a big shock announcement to cinemas that Mulan will no longer be released in the cinema. It's actually going straight to wow. streaming services um, and they are going to actually put a premium price on it of uh, $29.99, that's US dollars, so more expensive for us here in Australia, uh, to actually watch the movie. But this is a bit of a shock announcement because cinema uh, owners across uh, the US and the world were kind of relying on these big blockbuster movies to bring people back. But, of course, as the epidemic continues, uh, that's not really an option. But um, the head of Disney has come out and said this is a one-off. It's uh, not a new business model. But, of course, it's something that they are going to experiment with. And if they start to make a lot of money this way, I, I, I really do see it as a business model for the future. So all eyes on that. Uh, Disney, of course, are always competitive, so they've made sure they're releasing it the same weekend as Tenant is expected to come out in cinemas. Joe, but what's interesting about point. what's interesting about this, Joe, mm. is the fact that, um, mm. yeah, it's not their business model for the moment. But of course, if it works, as you quite rightly said, mm. and why this is a game changer for families is that you go to the movies, you can easily spend fifty bucks, and I'm probably being conservative for a family of five, um, going to see yeah. a movie like Mulan, which would be a movie for the family. The idea that at you least. could you could watch it at home for thirty bucks mm. as part of the Disney streaming service. So like you yes you're subscribing to Disney but you decide to pay that thirty bucks to watch the film. You're still actually saving money but being able to watch new releases, there is something that's good for the consumer here. You're not wrong, Robbo. Going to the movies is the most ridiculously expensive exercise, as you quite rightly say with kids, unless you're sneaking in your Woolies lollies um, to buy food and popcorn <laughs> We've and, all done that. And, and drinks at the counter on top of that. It's a $200 exercise. And, yeah. and in this day and age, who can afford that right now? So you're right. Um, 
But it's $200 for you, Joe, because you refuse to do anything less than gold class. <laughs> no, you only need a few kids to make up that amount in popcorn and um, top tops. You know that, Rob. Well, well, the game for cinemas is changing anyway because we've seen in the US that AMC cinemas have done a new deal with Paramount, I believe it is, to close the window on, I think it's down to 17 days from when a film can get released and it can then be used on streaming services and um, rentals and things like that. So there's been a big pushback by other cinema chains that to not allow that happening. But they, AMC appear to be looking towards the future, understanding that big blockbusters will get people through the door quickly, but then it all fades off. So they're going for that quick hit of injection of funds rather than trying to stick to this 90-day window. It used to be 90 days before you would see it, be able to rent it or anything like that. The world is changing and COVID-19 is certainly bringing about those changes. It is going to be fascinating to see if Disney can make money from Mulan. I know. Well, they have 60 million plus subscribers and I think Hamilton was a big part of that push. So um, it, it will be interesting to watch watch this space. Huh? It's probably not the best film as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Mulan was not Disney's biggest moneymaker. So, you know, I think that they could have waited for a film. I mean, The Lion King, yes, I could imagine them test casing this kind of thing or Beauty and the Beast when that came out. But Mulan, I don't necessarily know if it's going to have the pull for families to cough up that $29. But anyway, look, I want to quickly ask you a question, Joe, and mm -hmm. that is uh, it's not all doom and gloom at the moment for uh, Hollywood. There's actually been some good news, and it also includes Australia. What can you tell us about that? That's right, Ben. Um, we, of course, know Nicole Kidman created controversy when she entered the country and quarantined on her nice little farm down in... Um, I think it's Sutton Forest in the regional parts of New South Wales. Uh, she begins production, of course, on the Leanne Moriarty book next week in Byron Bay, Nine Perfect Strangers. But an interesting one that's just come out recently is one of my favourite television doctors. I don't know if you remember Grey's Anatomy, but Kate Walsh, yes. who played Dr Addison in Grey's Anatomy, and many love her now in Umbrella Academy. She was actually yeah. holidaying in Australia when, the, when COVID hit. And uh, she's now been in Perth ever since. She's from New York. She's not going back to New York, she says. Um, and she's also used this whole time to lobby politicians, government. She's uh, She hasn't announced exactly what it will be, but she's working on a series at the moment, which is going to be streamed. It's um, by the makers of Ozark, which is a fabulous series. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, there'll be a lot of productions heading our way because our, you know, we've done such a brilliant job, as she said, and I think the quote was, I want to work here. Uh, this has been a passion project. The whole world is looking to Australia with how amazingly well, even with the surge in Victoria that we've handled uh, the pandemic. And it's inspiring. She says it's literally changing the world and particularly her business being Hollywood and that America is going to look here for the opportunity. So uh, watch out if you want to be an extra on a set, get to a, get to a place uh, <laughs> close to you and you might make it. Well, there's a few marbles very coming true. this way as well. Mm. That's very true, Joe. Very exciting news for us mm. here for our little Hollywood down under. Uh, now, you lucky duck, you get to go to the cinema. Uh, you went last night. What did you see? Actually, I had a funny experience at the cinema. It is a little bit eerie, I have to tell you, when you're in the cinema alone. It's kind of a very strange experience. And I went last night and um, I went to see the Australian film, which is ba called Baby Teeth. It premiered a few weeks oh. ago at the Ritz, which is around the corner from me. It stars Ben Mendelsohn and a young Aussie actress who's really up and coming. Her name's Eliza Scanlon. You might have seen her in Little Women. She played Beth. 
Mm. Um, oh, and yeah, I yeah. actually have seen this one twice because I wasn't sure how I was going to review it for you guys because I like to think of myself as a bit of a, not a critics reviewer, more of a what does the average person want to see? And this one really, yeah. I didn't know how to sit with it. So I went again last night um, and my feeling was still the same. The story is about, it's a very powerful story. It's a confronting story for parents of teenagers. It's about a very sick 16-year-old uh, girl and it's a coming-of-age story and she falls in love with a small-town drug dealer. Um, and as you can imagine, that is a parent's worst nightmare in her last, you know, Last, she hasn't got long to live, basically. So let's take a little look at the trailer for that. This is Baby Teeth. I need to ask you this. I'm trying to put some money together to get a bed in a shelter. I only got 50. 50? That's too much. I can't. can split it. Uh, no, no, no. 50 to pay. If I give you 50, you have to do something for me. Is this a style? I was going for rat's tails. You look like a different person. What have you done with my daughter? I killed her. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? You make a habit of befriending girls that are significantly younger than yourself. Oh, my God. Mila's obsessed with that boy. She's a smart girl. Mila? That boy has problems. So do I. What are you looking at? Piss off. Oh, God. I lost my hair. It looks cool. It's like way better than the one that I gave you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything. Can he please stay? Mila, he threatened me with a meat prong. You threatened my wife with a meat prong? <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. So don't. Moses! Wait, Henry, Henry! Mila should have the world at her feet right now. I have no idea what you're feeling. I can't feel anything because I can't breathe because you take up all the air. I think something in you has changed. When I met you, it was like you weren't scared of anything. I don't think the world would be this big or weird if we become obsessed with functionality. She's going to be OK. Oh, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst possible parenting I can imagine. So, Joe, you were telling me, uh, telling us before that it would be really hard to, you know, review that or, or give people a sense of what the movie was about. Watching that, I really want to see it, but I also thought, how would you talk about that? How would you describe that? And I'm going to give that tough job to you right now, Joe. <laughs> Well, actually, it's taken my breath away again seeing those little moments because I wonder if it's because I'm a parent of two teenagers that exact age. So that's very sure. confronting to think about at that kind of, you know, it's a cancer movie in that sense. Um, and whether that is what affected me so much that my brain didn't actually want to go to that place. Uh, critics are absolutely raving about this. Many of my friends have said it's one of the best movies they have ever seen, and that's a big call. Wow. Um, and it's yeah, about yeah. when you make not perfect decisions, um, but they're perfect for you and your family at that moment. You could see there that those parents had made some decisions uh, because of where they were at in their life. Look. I understand there is a level of joy you're supposed to get from this film because um, there were elements of living, you know, life to your fullest and finding humour and, and some 
beautiful things within the pain and tragedy of what is actually going on. Uh, there's this sort of foreboding tragedy as she gets sicker and sicker. And there's, it's a dysfunctional family and there are fun elements within that. But for me, it was, I just couldn't, it, it didn't elevate me at all. And uh, I think a film like this needs to leave you with a bit of elevation. Um, I don't know. So I'm going to say I'm leaving this one to the viewer. It's very Australian, Ooh. it's gritty, it's brilliant performances, but it is very Australian in that, you know, unique way we have of being very real, like nothing stylized. It is like, you know, a reality show. They're in their lounge room almost. Like kind the performances of are great. And, yes. and, and Joe, is, really is, is it one of those things like where you say that... Um, Sorry, Ben. Uh, uh, one of those things where Australian films, we are really dark in our films. Um, and, and is we this are. no exception with that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It, it's interesting you say that, Robbo. And Ben, I, I want to know what you said you thought it was like, because I sort of described it as, as a little bit like, um, what's that, for Candy, which was the sort of Heath Ledger drug, oh, yeah. you know, heroin yeah. descent, yeah. which was kind of a very dark That's film. so funny that you but say that. With, um, a, a, what's that uh, Fallen from the Stars or the one that Jennifer... Um, Oh, a fault in our stars. The fault in our stars. a fault in our stars. So it was a bit of a cross between those two, if that can be possible. It wasn't clichéd at all. And that's the brilliance of this, because I think a lot of those sad movies can be clichéd, and it never collapses into that sort of wallowing sentimentality. Uh, This is one, I think, it does make you feel deep in your bones, and that's the point of cinema, but maybe too much for some. That's where I'm going to leave it at. Can I say what I was going to oh, say about which films off. I thought it was? Yes, please, Ben. Can I just say Tell it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say when I was watching the trailer, and I haven't seen the film yet, so, like, this is just an observation. It kind of felt like, to me, like a complete mix. It was like looking for Ella Brandy, but on heroin. Like, and then it was so funny that you said candy because they were all on heroin. And I kind of feel like it is a bit of a mismatch of those two, fi- those two Aussie films. Absolutely. It was a stage play. It was, I saw it at Belvoir Street when it first came out and, and it was a very really? deeply enthralling play. So I can see why Jan Chapman, the producer, has decided that this is going to be a great film. It's going to be one I'll leave with you, but don't go there if you're looking for sun and rainbows and something to pull you out of um, out of COVID and, and, and take transport you to a happier place. This isn't the film for I'll that. watch it tonight. I'm going to give it... <laughs> yeah, I, I think you have to go to the cinema to see it. I got locked in the cinema. Okay, Jojo, I really want to talk to you about that, but there's there's something else I want to talk to you about. We'll come back to it if we've got time because we are very close to the end of the show because um, there is the new Helen Reddy film, but this is shrouded in controversy that really hasn't been brought up yet. So, first of all, just tell me about the film and then I'm going to bring in why this is an issue. Okay, look, I have goosebumps about this, so I'm a bit nervous about what you're about to share with me, Rob. It's probably one of the defining songs of many women out there. We use it to pump ourselves up, to remind ourselves who we are, and it was the song that really defined a generation um, and was the anthem for the women's movement in the 70s. I'm talking about Helen Reddy, of course, and that song, I Am Woman. And I think, um, uh, look, I, for one, I used it to pump up to appear on this show today. What, you, what are you going to tell me, Rob? <laughs> okay, so what, basically there's a bit of news I've got in that um, mm-hmm. Ray Burton, who wrote the song, is really upset about being written out of the film and has actually um, basically... Oh. Yeah, so, he, he, so uh, he basically... He's told this story many times, how he mm-hmm. um, wrote the film in August 1970 in his apartment on Sa- uh, Sacamore Avenue in Hollywood. 
Um, the song, you mean? The song, yes, yes, yes. yes. Song. yes but song. this movie yeah. makes it seem like Helen wrote the song and not him. Now, she made it famous, absolutely, mm. but he is really taking issue with the fact that he has been written out of history and it seems as though she wrote the song. So you can imagine why he would be feeling that way. Absolutely. So, I mean, obviously I haven't actually seen the film yet. From what I understand, it does... She she sort of lands in New York as a young woman with a three-year-old in tow and she struggles and she... Um, meets a sort of rock, rock journalist who convinces her to sing the song. Now, the way that was written intimates to me that it, she they don't say she writes the song. Right. But if they've written a guy out of it, um, that would be very hard to stomach. And, you know, well, it, well, it, it you know what? happens, Interest- doesn't it? Yeah, I think we obviously have to see it like you. I haven't seen it. I don't know if Ray has seen it, but he's certainly taking issue um, with the lack of his depiction in the film, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So it's one for us to keep an eye on. And, Joe, I think we should revisit it when you do see it and see if what he's saying is valid. But before you go, I've I've got another bit of breaking news um, because, Ben, this one involves you. And so Channel 7 on the 7 Flicks um, lineup have changed their Saturday night movie. I've had this report from TV Blackbox's Aaron Ryan. They have taken out the movie originally that was originally planned to air and they have put in Ben's favourite movie, The Sound of Music. Now, this comes after Ben actually said on this very program earlier this week that Mary Poppins was a whole load of crap and Sound of Music is the <laughs> superior movie. So that has, it seems that has uh, inspired the programmers at Seven Flicks to put The Sound of Music on this weekend just for you, Ben. You're locked inside. They figure we'll get Ben watching it. So, Ben... Uh, Congratulations, man of influence. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I just want to say one thing. You love me, Channel 7. You really love me. Now, really quickly, Joe, we've got about 20 seconds. Tell me how you got locked in a cinema and then we'll we'll go to Tika. Oh, yeah, go. Well, I went to the bathroom afterwards and they locked me in there and then I had to call the police to come and get me out. I was They locked you in the bathroom. No, they locked me in the cinema, so it was uh, the last session, I guess, and then I went to the bathroom and I did hear a little knock on the bathroom door, but I didn't think, and then when I went to leave, I couldn't get out of the building. (laughs) (laughs) But if anyone was going to be stuck in the cinema, it's great for you. Joe, thank you once again. We'll see you next Thursday. Ben and Robbo, Tipsy (laughs) Thursday has come to an end. We'll see you next week on the Ben, Rob and Robbo Show. See ya. It's the Ben, Rob and Robbo, Ben, Rob and Robbo Show. Well done, everybody. (laughs) That is a true story. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.